You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while build a thriving business that honors him in every way. Now over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. This is episode 290, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Pross, the Podcasting Queen. My guest today says, build a profitable business, earn more than you need, and give the rest away to fund the kingdom. Join me on today's show is Wes Hone, leading faith and business thinker. Wes has been in the trenches of business having built and sold eight companies since the age of 18. Now he is a business coach, a trainer and a speaker and he is passionate about teaching Christian entrepreneurs how biblical principles apply to the marketplace so that they can build highly profitable businesses as well as influence the world around them. Wes has a unique ability to decode what the scripture says about business and he is committed to activating Christian entrepreneurs to change culture around the globe. Now on today's show, Wes is going to share what a kingdom business really means, what the Bible has to say about entrepreneurship and how we can serve God through our business. He's going to talk about practical business strategies that range from marketing, sales, leadership, systems and finances, as well as inspiration and encouragement that he has experienced in faith, in business and family. So welcome to the show, Wes. Thanks for having me, Anne-Marie. Look, I love that you're talking about these particular topics because over the, the course of 289 podcast episodes when I've been talking to other Christian entrepreneurs, some of the things that they often grapple with and struggle with, I know you're going to speak into today. But before we dive in, I just wanted to share with everyone, give everyone a bit of context how I know you. You've been on a previous uh, podcast, Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, where you talked about marketing, Facebook, how you're using that in your business. And then I actually went to one of your events. Um, the Kingdom Business events, um, which are coming up soon, so we're going to share more about that in a moment. But the content that you shared was really transformational, and I was excited to to invite you on the show because I know you're going to to uh, bless many people with uh, the, the things you're going to talk about today. So let's dive in. What is a Kingdom business? What does that really mean? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, you know, I didn't always know this. Like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be some sort of guru. You know, like this has been. An, an unfolding revelation to this point, and it will continue to be probably for the rest of my life. Um, 30,000 foot view, I think a kingdom business is when we run a business as an ambassador to bring glory to the king, right? So that could take many forms, but I think that's gotta be our goal, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, we as kingdom business people just want to uh, go into business in the opposite spirit, uh, basically live out the scriptures in the domain of business. That's really what it is. Yes. To drill down a little bit, you know, I think there's two kingdoms at war in the world. I think there's, you know, God's kingdom and uh, and there's man's kingdom. And we call man's kingdom Babylon. Mm-hmm. Coming all the way from Nimrod, right? Noah's great grandson who first started Babylon. And, uh, and that culture that he created right back in the beginning is still around today. It's a culture based on greed and corruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's kingdom is based on love and preferring others over ourselves. Yes. 
before. And so, you know, typically in the world, um, you know, you, you build a business for yourself. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, you build a business bigger than you need so that you can have influence and fund projects that help advance the kingdom of God. That would be the two big Yes, I love the way that you also look at uh, the biblical scripture and see it through the lens of business. And I remember last year you took us through through Facebook Lives uh, Proverbs, and it was such a refreshing way from a business owner because we don't often hear biblical principles and how we can relate to, to the, you know to our business. So, what are some of the favorite Bible verses that you use? Uh, maybe because things go wrong, they go up and down in business. Is just part of business but how do you use scripture to really lead and guide you to build that kingdom business so interestingly for me what i don't like to do is take one scripture in isolation and repeat it until it works like yeah. i think that's that's okay like you know most people can most people can rattle off i am more than a conqueror i can do all things through christ and they can and they can say those things 52 times but if you've got a gossiper in the office it doesn't really help you deal with it right so um what i prefer to do when it comes to scripture is read long form and then try and take what just took place, put it into a business context and see if I can find some nuggets in there. Mm. Um, and, you know, for example, reading David's life and reading about his leadership skills, how he handled himself, how he fought. Uh, Joseph, right? We know Joseph had a pretty horrific life, but he knew from the very beginning what he was going to do at the end. And so, so we can learn a lot. That, that's just the way I prefer to do it. Um, yes. You know, I, I go to God with questions like, um, uh, Joseph had 14 brothers, why Joseph? You know, and so you have to read a lot of text to find out the answer to that question. Yeah. And I find that, you know, when you do that, it's, you know, it's a lot easier. Yes. Um, my, if I was to go to Proverbs is, 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 is probably the easiest to get one little nugget out because it's written, you know, uh, you know, it's pulling from two angles. It's like, this is what God says, what the, you know, the world says. Um, and so a couple of the ones that I like there, you know, for example, if I'm, if I'm having a bad day, I, my favorite way to get through that is to just take action. I mean, wallowing has never helped me. So you know, I, I go to scriptures like, go to the ant, you sluggard, you know, or um, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands and poverty comes on you like a bandit. And that forces me to go back out and take massive action. So they're the ones that are fun. Um, mm. uh, and, then, and then if you want to really correct your long-term thinking, you'd go to Proverbs where it says, houses and wealth come from your parents. You mm. know, it's like, wow, that's, like, you've got a responsibility to go set some things up for your kids now. Yeah, uh, goes on to say a good wife comes from the Lord. And I, I, I certainly agree with that too. But um, yeah, so so for me, uh, you know, there is so much in Scripture. If you look at the battle between the two cultures, mm. you know, to me, capitalism is a wonderful thing. I, 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 there is no better model on the planet yet than capitalism. It's just that yeah, you know, the Wall Street version of recent years is not capitalism. Mm -hmm. You know, capitalism when it was first created was make more money than you need, um, you know, have some for yourself and then use the rest to benefit your fellow man. And, and uh, that's what influencing and changing culture is all about. Yeah. I love the way that you've reminded us about, you know, really reading the Bible and, and diving in and not just taking certain verses. Because I think one of the things we can often do as Christian entrepreneurs is take certain verses, repeat them over and over, as you say, but kind of um, shape them to, 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 for, for our will, for our benefit. But we need to realise our will has to be shaped by God's will. And if he's not in it and we kind of plan out our day and map out what we want and go, now, Lord, bless this, often he'll take a step back and go, no, 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 you need to come to me first. So 
And that's one of the greatest lessons that I've learned because I'm an action taker too. And, and often I'm, okay, now did I actually pray about this first? And, and so on. So what kind of steps have you taken? Because there's a fine balance, isn't there, between doing what we do well and, and using our giftings and be able to take action, but also spe speaking and spending time with the Lord so that he can make our paths straight. How have you been able to balance that? Or maybe for the rest of us, similar to you, it's an ongoing learning process. It's got to be ongoing. Like you, you, I don't think you can ever master it. He's yeah. that big and that knowledgeable that we're not even going to get close. Yeah. Well, that's a relief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, t I take a lot of uh, sort of refuge in that. Um, I guess uh, the hard part about being an entrepreneur is the busyness that comes with it, right? You know, we're not into a 40-hour week. We're more. And so, you know, by the time you've tried to juggle, you know, your, your business and your family and all those commitments, quite often um, – God comes last, and that's a real shame. Mm. And battle for everybody, you know. And then you might go back and go all in, and then it kind of fades over time. So, so for me, it's just a discipline in my diary, right? I have set time in my diary. I, I almost have meetings with God, right? And some might say that's, you know, that's too structured. You know, I think it works. Mm. Uh, it works for Him, and not many people are talking to Him, so He's very available. Uh, and and my and my schedule permits me to be able to do that. So, uh, and and funnily enough. One of the things that I don't follow a Bible reading plan, actually, I find that, that I mean, they, they're probably good for uh, the discipline of spending time with the Lord. I go to him with questions. For example, like the one I said before, you know, like why, why Joseph, you know, I remember once I, I spent ages going, okay, well, if you knew Solomon was going to throw it all away, what were you thinking? Like, what, what, what was all that about? And you know, over a period of time, he, he shows you uh, the hidden things. So, so for me, I go with questions and I also have a time to listen. Mm. Um, you know, listening prayer is probably the hardest prayer of them all because we tend to want to talk or our mind is going so fast that we don't listen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's just a combination of all those things. You know, yes. um, I, uh, I like reading more than one version of the Bible. Uh, I find that just one probably is a little bit too linear. Um, and, uh, and just exploring things. I don't put any pressure on myself. To, to learn things, uh, I just explore scriptures with God. And, mm. you know, over a period of time, they stick and, and, and they, they end up in here and then and then they can come out. Yeah, fabulous. One of the um, the books that you've written is a, around, um, you know, the supernatural in, in business. And I love the way that you've identified how often the enemy will try to discourage, disappoint, distract us to keep us from really building a kingdom business that honors him in, in every way. We're going to dive into some practical strategies. But first, let's talk about some of the ways we can often take ourselves out where we are just walking the journey and we need to be patient and we need to be true and and you know taking action but we give up just before you know we are able to see the things that we've been praying for come to fruition do you want to share a little bit more about this because i think this is going to be powerful for many i think the hardest struggle actually for a believer i'll say business because that's the only real domain that i know about is 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 the nexus point between how much do we do and how much does god do mm. right you know and then so when so and that's a real struggle and it's meant to be a struggle and it's a lifelong struggle Right? That's how we, that, that, at that point there, that little friction point, that's where we learn so much about God and the relationship. Some people go one of two ways, right? They either become so spiritual that they're redundant in the marketplace mm. or, they, um, or, they, or they, they don't get any breakthrough. So they throw God aside. They, they still love him, but they just go and do it all in the flesh. You know, um, Bible tells us many times that God brings the increase. Mm. That doesn't mean that we don't have a part to play, right? And so 
Um, so yeah, in my experience, um, the more uh, strategic I am and the more I take focused action, the more supernatural is added to my business. Yeah. I, if I'm slack and lazy, it just seems like there's not much increase. Mm -hmm. When I focus on building it the way that I could afford to say build it, then I find that there's supernatural increase in places I could never, ever have organized myself. Yeah. And that's as simple as you get a staff member who's out of this world at a time when you weren't marketing for a staff member, right? Mm. And they end up being a great fit, you know, or a customer rings you up from three years ago that said no, and now they're yes, and they become an A great customer. That's the sort of stuff that we need to keep our eyes out for because that's the fingerprint of God on the business. Mm. Thing, you know, and, and it almost matches our efforts. Yes. Right? You know, you know, because we are being diligent and we're getting up every day and we're trying to grow a business, you know, for his outcome, then we should expect that. Yeah. And you read about Gideon, Joseph, Moses, Noah, like they all, when they, when they did it God's way, had a supernatural increase take place. And so it shouldn't be any different for us. Yeah. I love the way that you've said about um, getting on with doing things and letting God come in where, and, and, and we know where he really um, works best. And sometimes I think we're so fixated on a goal and we, we worry about it and we determine about it and everything. We need to let that go, don't we? And there's that fine line between praying for it, praying, is this the right way? And then just releasing it in his hands. As I say, that's a journey that uh, I think, particularly for business owners, we like to be in control of things, don't we? Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. But it is an area, isn't it, that we need to develop in? Yeah, and I think I think God loves it when we get it wrong. This is where, you know, there is some thinking about, like, you know, you're not supposed to get anything wrong. It's like that's what school taught us, right? Yeah. I think God loves it when maybe we're too focused on an outcome. Maybe we're starting to do it all in the flesh. And what happens is it becomes so hard that we get frustrated and we throw it to God and he's like, great, now we can work on this thing together. Mm -hmm. We could do it this bit or this is a different strategy when you go down. Or maybe it was a bad idea, but here's another revelation. He absolutely loves that because that's the, the journey where we're yielded to him mm. and that's where he can take us from glory to glory. Yeah. Don't include him. We hold him at arm's length. Then we never really get to go through that. And, and so I like, I'm all for go and try lots of things, work really hard and enjoy that journey with God. And on the other side of it will be a great life. Mm. For me, I'm exactly where I, where I wanted to be, but I didn't get here anything like I thought I would get. Right. <laughs> so the desires he put in my heart, right. The, the, you know, the dreams and the visions to this point, I am living in them. Mm -hmm. Far out. It looks nothing like I planned. If you look at my journals and my business plans, you know, about, 5% of it's probably on target and the rest is just working it out as we go along. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I take a lot of encouragement from that, you know, having walked that out to some degree and obviously a lot more years to go. Um, but, uh, that God delights actually in that place where we wrestle with ideas, get them right, get them wrong. Mm -hmm. To him, it all works out. Yeah, I love also too the lessons that we can learn from the the failures that we've had. I think, uh, and we've I've spoken this a lot with many other guests on the show. Uh, those failures and the moments where we just you threw up our hands and thought, you know what, I just don't know anymore, is when God really came in and shaped character in us that yeah. we needed for the next season of our business. 
and the biggest growth. And how often do we don't even want to look at those because it reminds us that, you know, the, the enemy tries to teach, well, you're a failure, you're never going to do any business. But you know what? We could have learned from that and, and really taken that to the next level. So that's such a great reminder. Let's dive into some practical business strategies. You mean to just grow the business? Or yeah, let's talk about marketing first. What are some key principles that you have seen really work well and that we need to be mindful of as we're growing our business? Well, we're living in the most exciting time ever with marketing. We really are. I mean, you know, my first business was uh, 1999 um, over in England. I was back there for a few years. Um, and I guess that was the start of the digital age, although no one really, you know, took part in it that early. You know, if you go back... If you go back 20, 30 years and you wanted to broadcast your message, you only had the newspaper, the TV and the wireless, you know, and, and they were prohibitively expensive. And, and the reason why they were expensive, you, you paid for the entire readership or listenership of that station or that paper. Mm. Um, now, no business can ever sell to 100% of the marketplace 100% of the time. Mm. You know, fast forward to today, you know, we have a situation now where you can push your marketing message only to people that have already showed you they like it. So you're only spending money in 2019 on people, right, that through their own action, been to your website, like your content, watch the video, whatever. You're only spending money on the people that have already shown you their interest. Yes. And gift, most people are taking it for granted. Mm. And, uh, and, and we didn't, you know, we, we went really heavily into Facebook ads in 2013. Um, and uh, and have run them ever since. Yeah. And uh, you know you know just to give you some transparency, I think we've spent seventy two thousand on Facebook ads and mm. brought in one point two million. Yeah. Wow. Like 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 I just don't know what you can compare that to because it's it's a it's a massive blessing to be able to be you know hyper targeted like we have today. So um i also don't think you can build a business purely online i think you've got to get offline mm. um and so you know google adwords is great but it's probably the, the most expensive online strategy facebook is becoming quite expensive because you have to do it well to do it now but if somebody doesn't have a budget for example you can start running joint ventures find other people that have the same customer as you but you don't compete with them mm -hmm. that they're already dealing with your customer they don't have to be the obvious fit between a plumber and a sparky. It could be a plumber and a, you know, a commercial real estate agent. As long as you have the same customer, yes. you go to them and say, hey, listen, I'll introduce you to my network. You introduce me to yours and we'll find a way to refer to each other. Those strategies cost hardly any money to do. And, and what it does is it, you know, builds that awareness. Um, and, and, uh, you know, you can quite often get quite a, you know, quite a big leapfrog mm. in a short amount. I'll give, give an example. When I had my window cleaning company, uh, I did a joint venture with a guy that did pressure cleaning, right? So he had the, the big machines and he would pressure clean buildings. Yeah. And so, um, when I cleaned windows on a high rise tower, for example, um, you know, we knew, we knew when a building was dirty. So what I would do is I'd, I'd say to the person, you know, the, the building manager, say, listen, can I get my friend Steve to come in? He's going to come and talk to you about pressure cleaning the building at some point. And then when Steve would go to a job, he would pressure clean the building and turn the windows into garbage. And then he would say, I'll get my friend Wes in to come and do the windows when I finished. And so, you know, it didn't always work, right? It's not like every time we mentioned it to somebody, they, they took them up. Through mm. the year, maybe 15% of the people we mentioned it to took the other service and all that meant people had to take it. And so, you know, since we started our business coaching practice, we've done this with accountants and lawyers. Obviously, they're very obvious. Mm. It's, 
Um, but I remember, for example, here's, here's one that's a little bit different. I did a joint venture with a stationary supplier because obviously they're dealing with the same client. We're not even remotely close to businesses. But I have clients that need stationary and they have clients that are in business. And so we did some work together across promote. It, it costs very little to set up. In fact, maybe nothing. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, it gives you a huge amount of exposure for a very low budget. Yeah. And from what I'm sensing for that, so that people really take take the golden nuggets, which is so brilliant, is that there has to be a number of different aspects, as you said, offline, online. Um, but if you have a number of different irons in the fire, so to speak, then when one is not generating as much, the other, the other you know, key relationships and key marketing that you are implementing continue to build that momentum. And again, I think so often we may try one and, and not really follow that through and go well that didn't work but we needed to tweak and go well what can we do differently do you find that even in marketing like say for instance Facebook ads people give up way too soon well I, I, I launched an ad and it didn't work yes but you needed to tweak what didn't work was it your copy was it the landing page what didn't work do you find that so many people give up before they actually get it working and I think it comes back to they pay small at the start yeah they'll be like oh I've got two hundred dollars I'll run Facebook ads and then because they heard somebody built a funnel and became a millionaire in three minutes, they think that's the standard. You know, the irony about all those ads you see about those people that built massive businesses online, their business lasts five minutes. It's not a business mm. because the algorithm changes, they're gone overnight. So they're not a business. Um, yes, I think, I think the mistake most people make is they do not consider the true maths, right? The real maths we need to consider when it comes to marketing is two numbers, PAC and LTV, customer acquisition cost and lifetime value. Mm. And they get caught. They think, well, people buy, you know, the average person buys $48 off me, right? I can't possibly spend $200 on acquiring a customer. But what they forget is they may spend that $48 every three months for four years. Yeah. Now that's work, right? Now I'm bringing in a lot more money over the lifetime than I am acquiring that customer at the start. Yeah. So when we know our cost of acquisition and the lifetime value of a customer, then we can really start to play the great games and we, we can double down and invest knowing that we're taking a long-term play. Mm, yeah, key. Let's talk about sales. This is another area I know many entrepreneurs, businesses struggle with because it's very different from marketing and it requires the conversations to have with your prospective customers. And I don't know about you, but you've probably found out of a majority of your clients, sales is one of those things that they have to get comfortable with to have those sales conversations. What insights can you share for us here? I think interestingly, right, you know, we've, we've worked with thousands now and sales is a very interesting area for a believer. You know, I think I'm, I'm really, I couldn't care less, right? They'll do anything to get a sale and they probably push the boundary too far. From a believer's perspective, I think the first thing we have to address is our belief around money. Mm. This is where the rubber hits the road, right? If, if, we, if anywhere inside of us, there is even the smallest belief that money is evil or it's a bad thing or money corrupts, you know, or we're trying to shy away from it. If, if there is even the smallest amount of that in us as a believer, we will sabotage every sale opportunity. Mm. We'll do enough to stay ahead of the water and never enough to build a business. Because if we've got inner conflict around that, we're always going to go with, you know, the biggest emotion, right? And that's going to be, I prefer my relationship with God and my beliefs there than I do about making sales. So, so people that have that in them, you know, probably need to go back and, and, and address that first, mm. you know, and before they ever get to any strategy, because otherwise, 
like I said, self-sabotage the process and, and business will stay the same. Yeah. And pretending that we've done that right now, you know, to me, you know, I, I, I like to push for a sale if the product is right for that person. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, it's about listening to the spirit and saying, is this a good fit for them? If the product is going to add to their life, then I think you've got every opportunity to pursue that sale and push it to the point where you get an answer. Mm -hmm. You get the feeling of, hang on a minute, this is not going to add to their life. There's a better product out there. Then I think the kingdom mentality is to walk away. Actually. Yeah. And that won't happen in most cases will be go for the sale, right? But in some cases we need to show, remember we're, we're not operating like the world does. We're trying to show the king that we have a kingdom mentality. So if we get to the point where we're presenting something to somebody and we have a, a, a little knowing or a little hunch that mm. is not the best fit for them. And if we say that to them and we walk away from the deal, then what we actually do is we may miss one sale, but we enlist heaven mm. to help us in the future because we've just shown our character and character is the variable to success. Yes, yes. Great, great point there. So things that we need to dive into and if someone is a little bit hesitant, then certainly look at what is the belief around money. And you can't build a kingdom business that as you say, you can uh, fund other kingdom projects if you don't have sales coming in. That's just part of, of business and we need to become comfortable uh, in that. Talking about leadership, many of us um, are out in the marketplace, constantly, um, you know, interacting with others. Where is the, if we talk about from a leadership point of view, because this is something that often have come up in conversations, do I have to talk about my faith or is it okay that I, uh, every, you know, action and, and, and interaction that I have with people is from a Christ-centered place? So I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, Christ and, and faith. It, it, share some insights around this because this is something that I often see Christian business owners um, having a bit of conflict around. Well, as I read my Bible, there's not one way of doing it, yeah. right? Yeah. Like Gideon did it the way Joseph did it, the way Noah did it, the way Paul did it, the way Peter did it, it was all different, which means that there is no blueprint on how to do this. I, I, think, I think certain circumstances lend themselves to being covert and some of them overt. And, and I, I actually, I don't think it's valuable when somebody has to, you know, brand everything Jesus. Mm. Those people in business, they don't last five minutes. Um, and so, you know, but, but I think there'll be times when you get that leading from the spirit to talk about something, um, and, and talk about your faith in some way. And, and then, you know, you can kind of gauge the feedback of what's going on, on, on how deep you can go with that. Um, you know, interestingly, so like, like in my, like, it's not like God created everything in the world and stamped NIV on it. Right? Mm. He didn't build everything. It's just wonderful right? We, we can give somebody an expression of the kingdom, I believe, without ever talking about it. Mm. Um, and then sometimes you'll get to talk about it, but you don't have to, you know, this world would be a better place if everybody operated kingdom, even if they didn't talk about it. Mm. We just look after more people. So, you know, I think there's a time to speak up and a time to not speak up, you know, I mean, I remember a story. I had a client for a long time, young guy, made quite a bit of money. I helped him build quite a large business and we sold that business for many millions. He was only a little bit older than me. So he came with money early and, and so forth. And so that threw up a whole lot of challenges. And I've worked with this guy for years and he knew what I did on Sunday. He, he knew some of the posts that I put on Facebook, but 
we had never really talked about it. It's like I took my Bible there for first possession. It was crazy. Mm. But he this from a distance. Anyway, he made some pretty dumb decisions once he made some money. And so he rang me one Saturday morning and said, hey, I'll, I, I don't want to wait till Wednesday's coaching session. I need to see you now. So I like that phone call. I like mm. the phone call that happens with clients outside of their coaching session because this is where I get to speak into their life. Mm. Right? So we caught up this Saturday morning for coffee and he poured his heart out. And, I, and, he, and, and interestingly, you know, that was when he first came to me and he said, um, all right, so, well, I want to know what this Bible thing says about my situation. And what that allowed me to do was kind of unpack some scriptures for this guy. And uh, through a journey of the ongoing 18 months, you know, he got to come to the Lord and, mm. uh, and that was a wonderful party. So I just don't know how I would have gone with him if I Bible bashed him from day one. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't have had the time and the influence in his life to be able to do that. So, I, you know, I think, I think here's the only answer that I can give you that's a blanket rule is be led by the spirit. Mm. We want that in every area of our life. Why wouldn't we want it in terms of, you know, what we say? Yes. You know, I think, I think there's times that you can speak up and times that you don't, you don't have to beat yourself up about it. Yeah. You know, you you're, know, you're either thinking about God or giving them an expression of a wholehearted, Christian who loves them and doesn't have to say anything. Yeah, so yeah. It's pressure off. Um, you know, and I think I think seasons will play into that too. Like, you know, in the early years, I needed every single sale so much. In the latter years, not so much. And so there's a little bit more freedom that takes place, um, you know, to, to be a bit more liberal and, and stuff. So, again, I, I just think it comes down to the relationship. I think it comes down to that constant communication. God, how did I go in that interaction? Mm. How did I go in that interaction? And just getting that feedback and, and, and being led in such a way, I don't think you can get it wrong. You know, I think the only way you can get it wrong is not go back for the feedback. But if you go back for the feedback, you, you will be grown into where you need to be. Yes, yes. I think God's very good at his job description. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, one of the things that um, has often come, you know, come to play for me too is if we bring excellence, if we are integral, you know, bring integrity across everything that we do, have that transparency, over deliver or deliver what we say. And, you know, in some instances, I've had clients that I've sent an email, I've done something and they were surprised. And I said, I promised I to give that to you. Yeah, but so many people say, Say that and don't deliver and to me i know that if i say something it is my word you know i don't even have to sign a document or a contract to say if i'm going to deliver something my word is my word and i think sometimes if we just go through life and business and you know follow the principles that christ taught us then that can be the difference you know in, in how we're interacting with others and they will notice i fully think they notice yeah um, i think they're watching more than we realize um you know, I mean, because on the other side of it, you know, I know, I know, I know Christians who will put a Jesus fish on their business card mm. or, or their website, and then they'll consistently pay their accounts late. Mm. You know, it's really bad for branding of the faith. Yeah. You know, understand it's not, it's not about the fact that you have to pay your, your bills on time every time, but if you do need to be late, you call them up and you apologize. It wasn't my plan, you know, whereas, you know, I, I think that worldly culture can creep in sometimes. And, uh, and it just looks bad, right? Yes. We proclaim one thing. I mean, all we're doing is affirming their thoughts about our hypocrisy. So we would be better off just to, just to kind yeah, of... Yeah, don't say anything, <laughs> please. Because yeah. we are. Yeah. Everything we do, every interaction, you know, we are being ambassadors. 
and we can do that in in a way that honors him you know and 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 lifts his name up and other times we can really well if that's what's being a christian is all about i want nothing from it and uh, you know to think that our actions our interactions conversations could have any you know bringing doubt to anyone uh, i think would be just horrendous so what would be one because um, we know that you're going to be talking about in a moment the uh, events that you've got coming up in in australia but what would be one last and i know this is like how long's a piece of string but when you're thinking about kingdom business ups and downs highs and lows what, what has been one or maybe the greatest lesson or something that you've learned from a mentor or maybe, you know, for one of the Bible stories that you will often consider or think about um, in times when, when things are, you know, tough? What comes to you? What's been the biggest um, Bible verse or something that a mentor shared that really pulls you through in those difficult moments? I think for me, what you're saying is like, you know, what do you use to get perspective? Mm. Sometimes we can, we very easily as humans lose perspective on, on what matters. And I think, you know, for me, I like to pull from two ends. So if I'm in the weeds getting caught up in something that's going on, I like to pull myself not just out of that, but miles out of it and look at it from 30,000 foot. Mm. And say, What's up? That's my way of, 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 you know, of trying to get such a different view of something to change the way I think about it. Um, the one that I always come back to, which is, I, I think it's, it's like the checkmate on the chessboard, this, mm. this bit of scripture that Paul says. Um, when we understand that we died to self and we're alive in Christ, right? You know, that's like the core message of Paul. Um, we then have no rights to our own feelings of rejection or sadness or or anything like that, because we are now been recreated in Christ, which means that the old man has died. So when I, for me, when I, when, when, when I'm looking at something, I'm like, hang on a minute, here I am upset about something. I've got no right to be upset about it, mm-hmm. right? You need that down. Now I'm good to go, yeah. you know? And then, and then I kind of go, I'm just going to give it the best shot that I possibly can and then die. Mm. Right? Then when I die, I win, right? So, so for me, I always come back to a scenario of win-win. I'm going to win here, and if I get it wrong, I'm going to win in heaven. I, yeah. like, you know, in a flash, I've just turned 40. In a flash, whatever that is, another 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, whatever it is, I'm going to die and I'm going to spend eternity with God. Like, I win. Mm. So if I have to struggle through for this little life that I have here on earth, that's fine by me, right? You know, because the perspective is that once I die, for a very long time, I'm going to be hanging out with God. So, I don't know. No one talks about the eternal rewards anymore. Uh, I think that's a bit of a shame. I think we need that perspective of going, it's okay to struggle through life here because we're going to have a great time. Yeah. What a powerful reframe. Uh, and, you know, I think it, absolutely. Uh, and, and I just listened to a podcast not so long ago and it's talking about she's given herself permission um, to fail at 25 things. And she said, I'm just going full out. But I tell you what, going out full out with the expectation and just saying, I'm okay to fail, we can learn a lot and we may just surprise ourselves. 
And uh, I think so often, as you say, we play small because there's always that doubt or that fear. And yeah, we'll never give it our all and, um, you know, and, and surprise ourselves. And uh, it's just a, a great reminder. So Wes, share a little bit more about your events coming up. How can people reach out, connect and um, book tickets? Yeah, so 2012, uh, I felt the Lord say, hold some seminars. Uh, and so we did. In 2012, we had our first Kingdom Business Summit. Um, that was before summits were cool. That was a word that I came up with. That was ah. Everyone's got one. Yeah. Um, so we run those for a few years. We had 28 people the first year. Uh, and then in 2018, we had 2,200 across four cities. So wow. they kind of grew well. And, um, you know, th that's, that's one of those supernatural stories. Because I'll be totally honest with you, Emery. I'm not that good, right? I'm just making it up as I go along like everybody else. And so to go from 28 people to 2,200, I stand in awe. Like, mm. God, you lift up my name, I will draw my people. And that's what we're trying to do. Let's make Jesus famous, make business famous. Um, and so, yeah, we just keep going with that. And so we have our next round of events in March uh, in, in Melbourne, in Sydney, in the Gold Coast, and in Adelaide for the first time. Mm -hmm. the Lord say Adelaide. So we're going to go there. And it's just two days mm -hmm. of really practical training, right? Where we pull from the two extremes, really, really practical, Facebook, click by click, here's how you build campaigns, right through to how do we change culture, right? What does it look like to change culture in Australia? Um, and so, yeah, so we've been running around the country doing those. Uh, interestingly, they've always been free up to this year. I felt the Lord say charge a small amount. So we're charging $79 to come for two days. I'm bringing in a bunch of experts. Mm -hmm. right? I've got people that are going to come and talk on um, building a team culture, leadership, uh, branding, spiritual warfare, being a public speaker. So I'm bringing those people around just to, as experts to come and be into people's lives. We've got networking events at everyone. We've got a, a church worship service at everyone. So it, it's become a real highlight in my year, mm. these events. Um, they take a massive toll on me and the family and the team because we run around the country and, and do all of that. But it's become, become really, really good. And so, there are still, um, I mean, so Melbourne and Gold Coast are like 95% full. Um, Sydney's got some space, Adelaide's got some space. And um, so really, really excited about that. I'm actually going to be launching uh, what I feel could very well be the greatest work I've ever done. Mm. And uh, just to give you a, a tease, I'm going to be launching a network that will be nationwide um, of kingdom business people yeah. that become the lobby group that we will form to battle bad policy in Australia. Mm. So we use a constituency to form a lobby group to go and tell our politicians to basically pull their hair. Yeah. So that at each of those cities. Fantastic. And Wes, what's the best web address to connect with you? And people will be listening to this after the event's gone live, so they'll want to, to remain connected uh, with you too. So what's the best web address to get the tickets? And then of course, connect with you after as well. Yeah, so, um, so kingdombusiness.com.au, kingdombusiness.com.au is the uh, main site for the events. Uh, our organization, so that's like the ministry arm. Our coaching side is Business Greenhouse, businessgreenhouse.com.au. Uh, and then from there, you know, on Facebook, we put out a TV show twice a week where we take questions about Kingdom Business and I answer them. We have some guests on there. Uh, so Kingdom Business TV on YouTube is a great place to go. And then as podcast, we put our content every single day through iTunes and Stitcher uh, on the Business Greenhouse podcast. 
fabulous. So connect with Wes in all those ways. I'm going to the Melbourne event uh, again this year. So if you heard about that, please connect and, and uh, reach out and say he hello. One of the things I do at all the end of each show, Wes, is just to finish with a word of prayer. Can I do that uh, for you today? Absolutely. Okay, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to hear from Wes and how he shared insights on how we can bring and grow kingdom businesses that honour you in every way. Father, as we've mentioned, it is difficult. It can be really difficult to remain focused. But uh, if we lean into you, if we go to your word, if we spend time with you, as Wes has said, then we can hear from you and we just take action, Father, guided by you. We just thank you for the the insights today. Father, we just want to uphold Wes and his family as he's uh, continuing to do your work across Australia and his work. We pray your blessing over the events that are coming up. Father God, will you uh, have other kingdom businesses who, uh, yeah, who really want to just network with other kingdom entrepreneurs. They will find out about these events and come there too to learn and to grow and just to be spiritually blessed. Father, we just want to thank you. We honour you. We love you. Uh, Father, thank you. We ask this in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wes. It's been... You're doing such great work. Oh, like, thank you. you know, what you're tackling here is, is the heart of what we need in this country. You know, yeah. we, need, we need more Christians to, to take seriously the role of entrepreneurship. And, and so by you talking into it, you are really making a difference. So. Well, thank you. And I can't wait to see you uh, in March. So uh, fantastic. Thanks again for coming on the show. Pleasure was mine. Bless you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.